This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Monday afternoon, July 31st. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us on the Noon Business Hour. I'm Rob Hart. Glad to be back talking to you after a week off on a Disney cruise. We'll have much more to talk about. Uh, A lot of material for Travel Tuesday coming up tomorrow. Artificial intelligence appears to be on a collision course with high-paying, white-collar jobs. We'll discuss why in our next segment. But right now, the week ahead, will include fresh data on job openings plus more key earnings season reports. Joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line reminding you to bring your business home is Carl Ricadana, Chief U.S. Economist with BNP Paribas based in New York. Carl, thank you for joining us today. And this is going to be a big week when it comes to uh, numbers on the status of the job market. And of course, the big one Friday morning, that July jobs report. Yes, uh, we'll really start to see what uh, the second half of the year is looking like as uh, most of this is uh, July data. Uh, There will be some June data on uh, job openings uh, coming out tomorrow morning. But uh, really the question is, uh, to to what degree the economy is cooling uh, going into the back half of the year after all the Fed has raised interest rates by uh, five and a half percentage points now. Uh, that with a long and variable lag, that should be starting to show up more forcefully in the economy. So we'll be watching for that uh, in a, a series of reports, including some uh, bank lending survey data out a little bit later this afternoon. But the, really, the labor market is going to be the, the key to the narrative. And as things look at the moment, any deceleration is extremely mild. And it's not just the uh, the, the jobs reports uh, for the month of July, because we're also including the uh, ADP, the private payrolls report, which often tells a, a different story compared to the uh, government report. But we're also going to have the report on movement inside the job market, the number of people who are quitting and moving on to another thing. Yes, the uh, JOLTS data, job openings and labor turnover, uh, which tells us about openings in the labor market, which should give some signals of future hiring trends, but then also uh, quitters and people who are are laid off uh, from their uh, employers so we can find out the reason for those job separations. And uh, what we've been seeing lately is really some sideways movement here and uh, potentially some increase in quits, uh, which signal that workers are feeling pretty confident about the economic outlook. Ordinarily, if we see the quits rate uh, plummeting, that could be a sign of economic insecurity. Uh, That's not been the case in the quits data, and certainly we've not seen it in other barometers of consumer health, like consumer sentiment and consumer confidence, for example, Uh, And as we look at some of the leading indicators of this latest jobs data, things like surveys of whether jobs are plentiful or hard to get or new filings for unemployment benefits, all of those suggest there could be the risk of at least some minor degree 
of reacceleration happening in the labor market. And then very quickly, you mentioned that uh, earnings season continues. And uh, a couple of big, uh, you might even want to call them uh, bellwether companies, are reporting this week across a, uh, a wide variety of sectors. And as we look at those earnings reports, what we've seen to this point is some modest upward surprises uh, on, on the on a, on a broader sense. And uh, if the economy is uh, decelerating, again, it's a mild one. Now, corporate profits and co- corporate earnings are very important to track because they tend to lead hiring, hiring and investment decisions in the economy. Uh, but we've seen some deceleration to this point. But this is uh, an economy that uh, continues to uh, shrug off those uh, blows and headwinds uh, and uh, manages to uh, muddle through. And the question at the moment is if it might even be reaccelerating. Carl Ricadana, chief U.S. economist with BNP Paribas based in New York City. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, how AI could impact the executive suite. A deposit for your future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The explosive growth of artificial intelligence is raising questions about the potential elimination of jobs, including at the highest levels. Let's talk about the possibilities with Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern, based in Chicago. Rick, thank you for joining us today. You know, the the discussion about artificial intelligence is new simply because uh, chat GPT and other similar applications are a part of our lives now. People are playing around with it, having fun with it. But it, the reality is, Rick, uh, throughout the history of, of employment, uh, it has always been a question of do we can we use new tools to make our employees more productive? Yeah. And, and manufacturing certainly was the one that was the tip of the spear for that. Agriculture business, obviously, when things can get consolidated and managed more by large technologies, then that's going to happen. Um, but we, we don't think much about what's already happened. I mean, no one's complaining about how many accountants uh, lost their jobs due to TurboTax and QuickBooks. We don't really pay much attention to uh, the other things that have had a translation, as a, which was an industry and a function, has almost disappeared because software has taken that over. And, and uh, it was a little unsettling to me about five years ago. I was at a, a conference in a major employer. The president was standing before a large group of HR executives saying that blockchain technology was going to eliminate about 70% of their employees because the work that they did was basically validating that a contract, a closing, whether it was a home or a business, that all the paperwork was in order and where it was and sort of notary were public kinds of things stamping it. So it's been going on a long time. Now, how much of these uh, grand statements about uh, artificial intelligence and new technologies and everything here is going to replace you, uh, pitiful human sitting here standing in front of me, how much of this is real talk and how much of this is just uh, (laughs) a very uh, uh, unsettling type of marketing? Sure. Well, I mean, you, the, you know, one of the cliches about the news is if it bleeds, it leads. And so bad news sells. Uh, certainly when when we went through um, the technological technological revolutions for retail, there was a hue and cry about how many businesses would go away because of that. And, and that did happen. But the process that we go through is typically much longer. So we we panic about something. We pay attention to it for a year or so, and then 10 years later, it actually happens, and we act surprised. There's no borders. There's no Barnes & Noble. uh, There's no Tower Records. These are things that we knew were going to happen and predicted were going to happen, but 
the process of it happening takes longer. And of course, we're adaptable, both as, as countries and cultures and societies. So we find that there are other jobs that are created by the new technologies that we didn't really think about. What are some functions uh, that could be replaced entirely by AI? And then what are some ways that you, as the, uh, as the employee, can uh, stay on top of and get ahead of it? Sure. So the, the, probably the, the weakest area is those uh, what we would call white-collar jobs where you probably needed uh, a lot of training or, or a college education to get that job but where the actual function is a very repetitive, and I hate to say this for the big six, you know, uh, you know, the auditing process where everybody shows up and stays in a hotel across from the parking lot and does the audit of the books over the course of the next two months, you know, that's 80 hour weeks for people right out of college with a, with a master's in finance. Those kinds of jobs are at risk because a lot of that work can be replaced by technology blockchain technology, which is an immutable software that says this did happen on this date and it, it is a fact that can't be changed. So those are the kinds of things that you have to pay attention to. Design work in some ways, uh, contract closure. So legal legal positions are going to be at risk. I don't remember the last time I saw somebody at a toll booth and bank tellers are being replaced by um, by you know, the, the automation systems. The Where the weakness is, and I think we talked about this last week, was the weakness is there's not a real good interface between technology and people, and we are the most unhappy by robotic customer service or uh, things that, you know, when you're yelling, you know, no, yes, because they're asking you questions that have nothing to do with you getting to what you want. So the best blend of these, of AI and technology and keeping your job is to be right in the middle of it, to be the broker and, and the person, the combination of AI and an individual is far more powerful than either one of them by itself. Rick Cobb, founder of the workplace consulting firm To Discern in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, an update on the growth of soccer, including in America. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The Women's World Cup and the arrival of superstar Lionel Messi in U.S. Major League Soccer is fueling interest in the sport. Let's discuss the latest growth spurt with Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group based in Chicago. Tim, thank you for joining us today. And it seems like you can't tell the story about soccer's explosive growth in the U.S. without also telling the story about the evolution of media and TV sports in the U.S. because it you, you don't get that major explosion in soccer, I guess, without cable television and the advent of satellite TV making it possible to beam Premier League games into your home at 6 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Yeah, it's an embarrassment of riches, Rob, uh, and it's something that I think uh, soccer fans in this country would never have imagined even 20 years ago. Uh, literally having the ability to see uh, not just a domestic league in the form of Major League Soccer uh, with a checkered history prior to that here in this country, but literally being able to see every top-tier league around the world uh, on a live or pretty close to live basis, Premier League being uh, the top sort of of that uh, professional heap. And when you add in the increasing, literally every four years, excitement and, uh, and scale of excitement for the World Cup, certainly on the men's side, and now over the last 20 years or so, the Women's World Cup in, uh, in other four-year cycles, um, it is, uh, it's just a, an embarrassment of riches, truly. And it just adds to more and more levels of interest 
uh, even on a casual level, which I think is kind of the next real growth spurt for the for the sport in this country. Well, let's talk about Adidas inking a, a well over a billion dollar marketing deal with Manchester United. Now you have some Americans who are diehard Man U fans who may they may not have a passport, but they have an opinion about English Premier League soccer because it's on TV and available to them, and uh, they can keep up with it in real time online. Well, and we also see that, too, with the uh, endless summer tours that happen each year. Uh, Chicago has had its fair share of those when uh, Premier League teams and, frankly, teams of other top-tier leagues like uh, Serie A in Italy and, and uh, uh, La Liga in, in Spain, et cetera, come and basically do their very earliest preseason matches uh, to throngs of people, uh, 85,000 in New Jersey two weeks ago and 100,000-plus in the Rose Bowl in Los Angeles. Um and uh, the, uh, the built-in audience for that uh, is significant. And you will see a preponderance of, in the case of Man U, uh, in some of their games here, uh, of, of jerseys <laughs> and customized at that already, right? So uh, the, uh, the, the fandom, if you will, of these teams in these foreign leagues uh, is by no means bounded by uh, the countries in which they play. And, uh, and America is the great a uh, gigantic pot of gold at the end of their respective rainbows. Very quickly, uh, what does it mean as far as the bankability and the business uh, uh, ability of American soccer that Lionel Messi, at the height of his power, after winning the World Cup for Argentina, chose to play in the U.S.? It's huge, and it's mutually beneficial, and Major League Soccer will squeeze every last ounce of it uh, to mutual benefit, and Messi will uh, laugh and enjoy it all the way to the bank. Tim Hanlon, founder and CEO of the Verter Group, based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Still ahead, some investing ideas from our Monday stock picker. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is Chicago's News Traffic and Weather Station, News Radio 1059. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon. I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM. An organization pushing for pension reform in Illinois talks about ways to fix the system. Americans weigh in on the state of the economy. There appears to be no end in sight to the boom in sports memorabilia sales. It's Stock Picker Monday. We'll get some ideas from a portfolio professional. WBBM Business. Markets are mixed right now. The Dow up 16 points. The NASDAQ is down three and a half. The S&P 500 is down three and three quarters. We have 79 degrees right now in Chicago under partly sunny skies going up to a sunny 83 at 1231. Topping our news at the half hour, some sad news from the world of entertainment. Variety is reporting that Paul Rubens, who was Pee Wee Herman for so many years in movies and on a Saturday morning TV show, has died after a private cancer battle. He was 70 years old. Uh, Paul Rubens 
dead at the age of 70. He premiered the uh, Pee Wee Herman character with the Groundlings, the sketch comedy troupe in Los Angeles in the early 80s, uh, turned that into the movie Pee Wee's Big Adventure in 1985, which led to the Pee Wee's Playhouse Saturday morning show on CBS. Paul Rubens, dead at the age of 70. A new organization that wants to move Illinois out of the ranks of the worst funded pension systems in the country as a new way to demonstrate the problem. Here's Nancy Hardy. You can search for county-specific estimates of how much pension funds for teachers, firefighters, cops, judges, and other public employees are funded. A new group called Secure Illinois Retirements, led by Katie Dunn, has created the interactive tool. What we try to do is be as specific as possible in trying to link people with the correct tool that would apply to their funds. While many reviews of the pension system are done from a financial perspective, her group, which is made up of current and retired public sector employees and union members, is looking at what constant underfunding does to the workforce. We really need to look at not just the numbers, but also other variables and whether or not It's having an effect on the recruitment and retention of public sector workers. She believes the state's two-tiered system, which lowered benefits for employees hired after 2011, has meant more turnover. Nancy Hardy, News Radio 1059 WBBM. Hey, it's 1232 on the noon business hour. Markets are mixed right now. Joining us now on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer at Crescent Capital in Chicago. Jack, thank you for joining us today. Earnings season continues. Uh, some more uh, bellwether uh, companies across a variety of sectors are reporting this week. But the theme so far has been exceeds expectations. However, Jack, those expectations were rather low to begin with. Yeah, Rob, uh, good point. Uh, They were rather low. And one of the things I found was they're having an easy job beating their profit expectations, a more difficult job beating their revenue expectations. And a lot of the reason for that is that, that profits are certainly subject to adjustments. So, for example, if you believe that uh, a one-time expense is indeed a one-time expense and probably would, won't recur, then you're going to take it out of your profit report. Well, sometimes some of these quote-unquote one-time expenses do occur every quarter uh, and just aren't reported right. So that's why I do watch revenues, and revenues are still falling short. Normally, at uh, 60% or so, 60 to, uh, a little more than 60% uh, beat the revenue estimate, and right now we're operating around 50 how is uh, guidance shaping up across all the companies that have reported? Because, uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't really surprise me or probably anyone else that revenues were falling in the second quarter because there was still this belief that you had to uh, uh, begin uh, preparing for the recession that was just around the corner. And now there seems to be a, a much better feeling about the economy. And is that going to be reflected in not only just a third quarter guidance, but uh, when the third quarter report starts showing up in the fall? Yeah, I mean, you, I, you have a good point there. It could. Um, I think one of the things that's really surprised a lot of people, including the Fed, is how fast inflation has come down uh, on its own. And, and so perhaps that the medicine that we're taking won't be as harsh uh, as we originally thought. The Fed certainly um, you know, raised rates last week, but it's still unclear whether they need to raise rates any more than that. And I think there's growing optimism. Perhaps they won't. And then we're going to have a number of reads on the health of the labor market. The one thing that has held up throughout all of the interest rate hikes and attempts to slow down the economy. Uh, what are you looking for come 730 Friday morning? 
Yeah. So, um, you know, we're looking for, um, you know, still healthy job gains. Uh, I think that, uh, let me see if, what the consensus is. Uh, I think it's you know, roughly uh, 200,000 net new jobs. That would be down slightly uh, from last month, uh, but still a healthy number nonetheless. Uh, and one that perhaps this is really where, you know, could the, the Fed thread the needle uh, and bring inflation back toward its 2% target without killing the jobs market. Jack Ablin, Chief Investment Officer at Crescent Capital in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, admission to the sports memorabilia game is becoming much more expensive. Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. The price at auction for sports memorabilia is going through the roof. Let's take a closer look with Stephen Fischler, sports memorabilia expert and CEO of ComicConnect.com and Metropolis Comics based in New York. Stephen, thank you for joining us today. And normally when you join us uh, on the show, Stephen, it means uh, some piece of Michael Jordan memorabilia is either on the auction block or will be and uh, when something associated with mj goes up for auction you can pretty much bet that it's going to sell for seven figures absolutely uh i think what you have is an american and worldwide public uh clamoring for pieces of uh, i i will say these sports gods uh, be it a uh, michael jordan uh, a LeBron James, a Mickey Mantle. I, I think there is uh, the need to sort of have a piece of, of these legendary sports figures because there's such a, a cultural importance to them and there's such an emotional importance to them. And it, it, it has created a collectibles frenzy where you can take the best hockey player, the best basketball player, the best, you know, uh, baseball player, and people buy and sell just for to, to have the best rookie card or the the most memorable moment of these people, and they are people of incredible ability, but it is is created in an industry where people uh, buy and sell uh, pieces of them, be it a card or a uniform or a sneaker. Now, when I was a kid, uh, it was the baseball card market was where you saw all the kind of – where all the really valuable uh, transactions took place. I mean, there was the Honus Wagner card from the 19th mm-hmm. century that was uh, always going to fetch a million-dollar payday from somewhere. Uh, I would go to baseball card shops at local malls on the southwest side of Chicago and hope that uh, you know somebody had a Nolan Ryan rookie card, which was uh, going for hundreds of dollars back then, but uh, we're now in a situation where somebody who may have purchased a rare rookie card from some legendary player, in this case uh, I saw a a, a Mickey Mantle rookie card going for $50,000 in 1991 sold for well over a million dollars today, and that's that's a a, a staggering rate of return. Well, you know what? I I just came back from uh, the National uh, Sports Card Show in Chicago. Uh, I was there for several days, and I recounted the story of a really good customer of mine uh, who was buying uh, comic books for me, an Action Comics one. And he had uh, a 1951 Mickey Mantle 
PSA 10 baseball card. And this is probably, I'm going to say 15 years ago. And it was, I believe he had bought it for about 300000 That card today, which he had sold way back, is probably worth about $10 million. It, memory serves, it is the only PSA 10. That's Mickey Mantle's true rookie card. And I thought 300000 at the time was plenty of money. Now I look at it, and people would kill uh, to buy that card at, at 10 or 20 times what I thought was reasonable back then. Stephen, very quickly, is this a function of there just simply more rich people today than there were 30 years ago, or is it now an international market? We live in a much more connected world, so more, more people can bid on these pieces of memorabilia. Well, you know what? I think it is a combination of a worldwide market, be it soccer, be it basketball, and uh, which has been been seen by a much, much broader audience than, let's say, we had 25 years ago. Uh, so you have a, a bigger crowd, uh, a bigger audience, and a relatively small supply with a massive, massive demand for these legendary pieces. And I think that that's exactly the dynamic that you're seeing. And I think that's exactly why you're seeing items uh, sell for the millions of dollars. Where 25 years ago, that was completely unheard of. Stephen Fischler, sports memorabilia expert and CEO of ComicConnect.com and Metropolis Comics in New York. Thank you for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Travel Tuesday and still to come, our Monday Stock Picker. Investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Stock Picker Monday and helping us out today is Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist with B. Riley Financial based in New York. Art, thank you for joining us today. Two selections on this stock picker Monday, and the first one comes from the retail sector, which is uh, certainly taken its lumps. Uh, but you found a, a diamond in the rough. Diamond in the rough, indeed. It's uh, TJX, which is uh, TJ Maxx and Marshalls. They also own Home Goods, uh, ha- have an excess of uh, 800 stores uh, across the country and uh, in Canada. Done very well. They're the beneficiary of the trade down by the consumer, and certainly beneficiary of the inventory, the overstocked inventory in some of the large department store chains. Uh, had a great summer uh, thus far and looking forward to very strong um, and non-promotional uh, back to school and holiday shopping season. So really attractively priced here and, uh, and it's got some significant upside and it's uh, really coming into its own with the economy slowing down a bit and uh, consumers willing to trade down. Interesting you bring this up today because in the Wall Street Journal today, there's also, uh, you want to call it a, a dying mall story, uh, focusing on a shopping mall in Connecticut that certainly has seen better days and is being sold for pennies on the dollar. And their last anchor tenant, uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, uh, went bye-bye uh, not too long ago. So what is it about this particular company and these particular brands that have allowed them to weather the storm when so many others have not? Yeah, so... One of the interesting things when you look at uh, TJ Maxx or Marshalls, they're not typically mall-based. They tend to actually be located to, uh, closer to places where you need to go frequently, and that's the grocery store chain. So whether you're a Stop and Shop or a Wegmans or a Whole Foods, you're going to see an adjacency of a TJ Maxx and Marshalls, um, and, uh, and oftentimes TJ Maxx, Marshalls, and Home Goods 
Um, so it's not your typical indoor mall that is that's not doing uh, getting the kind of foot traffic you want to see. And it's also the beneficiary of the treasure hunt, the natural instinct of people wanting to find that treasure in a discounted uh, name brand. And, and, and that's that's a, a very strong driver of their success. So it's one of those stores where you don't know what you need until you get in there and see it. And then your next selection is from the uh, from the energy sector. Yeah, one of the major fully integrated oil companies, Chevron, uh, very attractively valued on a multiple basis right now. Uh, oil obviously uh, bounced off a $65 found support this summer at $65, trading up closer to $80 now. So that's one of the positives. The other positive, uh, and one of the reasons that we're seeing the, the stronger commodity complex, in, including energy, is the dollar has come off the boil. It's traded down a bit after having an extremely strong, you know, call it 12 to 18 months. It's uh, it's finally rolling over a bit. That helps the commodity complex. But the supply and demand dynamics in the energy uh, patch is, is certainly growing more attractive, and we think Chevron's right in the midst of it. So it's one of the uh, the best of the fully integrated companies. Exxon falls in there, too, but this trades about two multiple turns less expensive than Exxon and pays a higher dividend. So they're comparable. But if you're looking at the two of those, we'd really prefer Chevron. Art Hogan, Chief Market Strategist with B. Riley Financial based in New York. Thank you for joining us today. His selections, TJX Companies, the symbol TJX, and Chevron Corporation, the symbol CVX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.